Welcome to Living Holistically with Dane and Indy, your hosts, where we share with you some of the most empowering ways to live a life that's caring to ourselves, others, and the planet. We will be delving into a related topic every Tuesday, one season at a time, bringing you the experts behind the practices and tools we've tried and tested over the years. So keep listening and enjoy the show. In today's episode, we speak with Patrick Vanderbilt about all things sleep and radiation. Patrick is a geovital instructor, author, and international speaker on patient-focused radiation protection. He is also the director of Geovital Academy International and looks after its outside Europe and their English-spoken training globally. Patrick mentions there is no need to be paranoid about radiation, but people should take it very seriously where it matters most, in the bedroom and in the home. Where he sees 95% of homes, some level of improvement is urgently needed. We are extremely fortunate to live just around the corner from Patrick, and as discussed in the podcast, having first-hand experience with him and the home assessments was incredibly eye-opening. Be sure to check out the full show notes if you're interested in learning more about Geovital, the home assessments, the EMF meters, or anything else we discussed today. So thank you for coming on, Patrick. I mean, this is a really awesome podcast and we're looking forward to. And for people that aren't familiar with Geovital or with yourself and what's your background, what got you into this and what you got so inspired to go into like EMFs? Okay, well, Geovital is originally a naturopathic health clinic based in Austria. Um, we've got a, this, one of those pretty facilities on the on the top of a hill with a gorgeous view. Um, that whole story started with uh, the Hanan family being confronted with the terminal breast cancer diagnosis, and uh, doctors basically had given up. And um, the Hanan family, they're sailors, and um, with that sort of sailor attitude, as in sailor attitude, when you're out on the Atlantic and something breaks in your boat, you can't just pull over and get it fixed, right? You have to fix it with what you've got on board. And so when the doctors gave up, that sort of attitude kicked in. They thought, well, what have we got in, on board? You know, what can we do with this? And so a, a big symposium was organized uh, by Werner Hahn and the, the husband. And uh, he put um, you know, around about 100 people that had an alternative approach to dealing with cancer, all in a room to talk and share their ideas. And there was an audience member of one, right? That was him. Um, and so from this talk, radiation kept coming up, and that's what basically got Geovital, you know, started uh, you know, back in the 80s. Um, as for myself, my partner at the time uh, when I started had a, a brain cancer, and uh, that wasn't all looking so good. Conventional medicine sort of backfired, um, and so we were sort of forced to go into complementary and alternative approaches. Um, and we did things like electroacupuncture. And um, this worked really well, as in it made the cancer shrink. Um, the surgeons commented that whatever we'd been doing complementary had been, uh, you know, contributing to the success of their uh, their operation. Um, but we sort of wanted to help other people with this. And so we started buying some of this equipment, rather costly stuff, some of it medical equipment over in, in Europe. Um and uh, I'm one of those people that reads the manuals. And so I would get get the book instead of plugging things in and, and just having a go at it. I would read the books first. And in inside pages, typically of these manuals, it would talk about setting your equipment up in an area free of electronic pollution and geopathic stress. And it's just something that sort of, you know, kept 
sort of slapping me in the face as in go figure this out and I tried to learn you know over here in Australia and there were some interesting people I met but I couldn't really get any any clear answers or nothing too logical um, and so when I was in Europe doing training with some of this uh, this um, difficult equipment over there I heard about this company in Austria where they taught courses about electronic pollution and geopathic stress and so I went to Austria trained with them um, and there it was logically explained and it uh, you know, made a lot of sense. And so then I came back to Australia, started offering these assessment services here. And um, yeah, anyway, to make a long story short, um, now I look after GeoVitals interests for outside Europe. I conduct pretty much all the English training um, online, as in we train people how to be consultants. Um, we have practical workshops in three continents, hopefully four soon where we get together and we do you know, four days of, of home assessing and, and sort of hands-on skills. And so, uh, yeah, I'm really passionate about it because, um, yeah, it's we're all exposed to this radiation, especially the, you know, the, the non-native EMFs. And uh, sort of without our consent most of the time, if we knew what was going on, we probably wouldn't be too happy with it. And um, so it kind of feels right to make people aware of it and especially when people are affected by it if their health is affected by it to be able to go and, and investigate it with them let them learn about it and then enable them to take action with verifiable solutions you know no crystals or dream catchers or you know anything that supposedly miraculously harmonizes and neutralizes no if, if, if the meters say we've got a problem then you know, the problem should be significantly less or no more problem when you're finished um and um, and then seeing people do well, as in you, you can't really guarantee anything. Um, you know, we're sort of in the environmental medicine field, as in the study of how environment affects health. Um, and so we don't actually treat the person; we treat where they live. Um, but you know, we've got a nice, nearly forty-year, forty-year track record of, of getting good results um, uh, with people. But you always have to sort of keep your fingers crossed to see how that sort of translate which is also how we met of course um but yeah so that's how you know um so sort of everything falls together so i'm very passionate about helping people in existing homes i help ordinary families i work with celebrities um corporate high flyers royalty even and um yeah my passion is, is new home construction because i think it's brilliant when you can just build a house without having all your, your normal typical sort of problems built in you know it's better to avoid those from the from the ground up yeah and it's it's not necessarily you know overly costly i mean arguably it's the most important function of a house to keep you safe right keeps you warm keeps you protected from burglars and and people coming into your house and and the elements you also have this this radiation now um you know, flashing out at you and you need protection against that too and I think with what's happening, there's only going to be more radiation. So, you know, building a house that way that's future-proofed is definitely really smart as well. So could you explain a little bit more as well the benefits of having, say, a geovital home assessment and consult, say, versus a regular building biologist? Um, we're all sort of, we all have our hearts in exactly the same place, right? Everybody, you know, all goes out and does, does you know, from the, the same intent. Where we're a little different is that, uh, and we, by the way, we have many building biologists also in our ranks. You know, building biology is a, is a training system. It, it's not a, it's not a, um, you know, it's a course. You learn and then, then you're on your own. Um, with us, we are originally a naturopathic health clinic. 
And so we arrived at this whole subject from actually working with patients and working with doctors. Um, and so there's a couple of distinctions we've made that have shown us to, to work really well. And one of those things is, for example, that you want to measure the body as much as possible. You know, we used to work with doctors, right? And so when you come in and you got a sore mouth or something, they don't go and measure the air around your head. They take a mouth swab, won't they? You know, they, they investigate your body. Um, and so that sort of made a lot of sense to us. So wherever possible, we want to assess the body. Now, um, some building biologists do that as well with electric field, which is great, as in, you know, they can measure body voltage. Um, we do that similarly, um, except we do it in a way that the people, we have a habit of, of getting the people who get the assessment done, get them involved, which you guys know firsthand, right? So um, we sort of more facilitate the assessment. We give you the instruments. And so it's almost like a little mini workshop. You learn so much going around your house, you know, doing things with the light switches and checking things. Um, and so our instrumentation allows the lay person to also work with it. They're costly, but they're, they're built not for us to be used, to use their builds sort of for the lay person to use during an assessment. And then when it comes to radio frequency radiation, that's sort of a big difference where um, most instruments in the world and, and, you know, a lot of consultants, they have instruments that measure the air. And that's great, but we don't care about the air. We care about you. Um, and our bodies are massive antennas. And so uh, and we sort of know that as well. If, if, if you're old enough, I don't know if you guys are, um, but, you know, when you remember the, the, the old TV with the bunny ear antennas on the top, right? And then you'd, you'd sit there watching TV and the picture would go a little bit lousy and you'd send somebody over to adjust the bunny ears, right? And as long as they were holding on to it, you had a great picture, right? And yeah, 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 leave it like that. And then they'd walk away and then rubbish again, right? And then you'd laugh and say, stay there, keep holding on to it. Um, so our bodies are, are, are big antennas. And so we found that if you measure what the body is absorbing versus what's in the air, you get a much better picture of what goes on. It, it tends to, when, when, when the situation is bad, any instrument will show you that you've got a problem. But when the exposure is mediocre, and air measurements may underplay it, where if you measure the body, then you see that your body's still on the stress. And um, in, the, you know, in the same sort of scenario, if you mitigate against radio frequency radiation and you use a cheap product or cheaper product um, a body measurement will sort of show you that it, it wasn't good enough and we, we see this sometimes where people have had an assessment done they've for example shielded a bedroom and they're still not happy and they're still looking for answers get one of our people to come through and we see a reduction in that bedroom compared with what's outside but there's nowhere near what we would expect it if it was shielded. And so these people have to start all over again, which is just well, incredibly sad. Um, so yeah, always because we work with patients, any of the any of the solutions that we've created, the way we assess, it's all benchmarks against our experience with patients. If it, if it doesn't give, I mean, you can't guarantee anything, but if it doesn't sort of consistently give us, you know, maximizing the opportunity for the desired result, it doesn't make any sense to us. That's why with products, why would you have two different levels of effectiveness, right? As in, oh, we have this product, which is the best one we've got, and we've got this. Why would you even offer that? If that's, you need the best solution to create the best environment, not, you know, mediocre sort of approach. So, um, But other than that, like the approach is, is sort of similar. It's just our background is different. But 
know building biologists are also lovely people and I know their stuff. Uh, and we get many of them also during our training to sort of learn, you know, how we do things. And, and uh, Martina Davis, for example, in North America, she was on the board of building biology in North America for 15 years. She's a geovital consultant. So it d doesn't need to be an us and them sort of scenario. And it could very well be that you've got a building biologist that is also have, has our instrumentation to measure the body as well as the air, which you know, could be you know, it could be interesting. As you mentioned before, that's how we sort of first met, which was great. I actually heard, I'd say probably three years ago, I think a podcast you did with Evan Brand, and that's got me, that wasn't when I was in the space of learning about non-native EMF, so I was really fascinated with that. So that was got me on a journey over the last few years to be really sort of investigate our areas. And so having that experience with you coming around to um, have an assessment of my parents' house was really fascinating because I had a pretty solid understanding of EMS, but not have actual any felt experience with meters and actually seeing different parts of, I guess, the house particularly the bedroom, which was very fascinating, seeing this season is based on sleep. And so that was quite enlightening to see that when we were, my part, Andy and myself were using the meters with mum and we were actually seeing the difference. I think it was the field probe meter that we use as well. You notice when you feel, um, when you touch it onto the skin of the, um, the body and seeing the, having, even having all the PowerPoint switched off at night, which I thought based off my understanding was sort of enough. And most people may think it's enough just to switch off the PowerPoint and like, you're fine. But that was in a whole new level, like when you got to have the meters to show you that objectively, that when we touched it on our bodies, we were lying on the bed in that bedroom there, um, we were lit up like a Christmas tree. And it was uh, it was to show the amount of voltage going through the body, even though the PowerPoint switched off, it didn't affect that. It had to be off the um, the kill switch in the, um, in the in the circuit board. So that was incredibly enlightening. And we that sort of got us a new awareness of, I guess, our bedroom, but also things that we can't see into a level that's like a next level above sort of switching off the PowerPoint. So um, would you like to touch base on, I guess, the importance, I guess, of your work in GeoVital in the bedroom and with sleep and non-native EMFs? Yeah, maybe maybe if we explain the different types of radiation that we would be interested in and then maybe, maybe touch on the sleep area. So um, basically you have, um, let's say radio frequency radiation or high, we, we try and use simple words, you know, instead of going all complicated, um, radio frequency radiation, high frequency radiation. This is stuff that comes from transmitters, things that travel through the air, doesn't need cables. So that's your phone towers, your smart meters, as in the communication of the smart meter, um, cell phones, Bluetooth, um, airport navigation, radar, baby monitors, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's one type of radiation. So that can come from outside sources and it can, could come from things inside your house. And sneakily, there's an awful lot of little devices that are accumulating into your house that are enabled to communicate wirelessly, even if you don't use them. And they're also sort of throwing out this handshake signal, if anything, you know, into, into your space. Um, then we have radiation that is related to electricity. Um, and that's, you know, in, in, you know, in the world now of uh, 4G, 5G and all this sort of rubbish, um, we're almost starting to lose sight of the fact that we've been dealing with the effects of electricity since the 80s. Right. Um, so electricity causes two type of two types of radiation. So you have magnetic fields, which cause comes from current, the flow of electricity and voltage causes electric fields which come off let's say the wiring and that's why what you were pointing out when you you know 
religiously turn your, your, your bedside lamp off at the wall. That's a nice habit. But if we measure your body, it'll have very little of an effect in terms of what you are already exposed to just because there was wiring running right behind your head inside the wall. Um, so magnetic fields, when I don't want to get too technical, but you let's say you have the active or the hot that you know the, the, the voltage sits on, and then you've got the neutral that takes the current back, right? And so both these cables they make a magnetic field, but in opposite directions. And so when you've got those cables close together, or like that I should really do, um, those magnetic fields bump into each other and actually reduce each other. And so when you're inside somebody's house, your own wiring really shouldn't produce much of a magnetic field. You'd have to get right, if you were in an extension cord or something and you had a Gauss meter, you'd have to get right on top of the cable to basically get a bit of a reading. But as soon as you pull back, it's basically not there anymore because it cancels each other out. Now, it could be that a fault was done in wiring the house and current is allowed to escape in a different route than it was intended to. And now those those that current is no longer equal in those cables and now we get massive magnetic fields in the house but that's relatively uncommon what's more common is that we have power running past our house and so if you have above ground power then we know those cables are separate right because you know then they don't have to put insulation on it right and they don't want it to swing in the wind against each other so they separate them and now the cancelling out is reduced and so you get a magnetic field the transmission lines the big big ones, um, they have more of a magnetic field and they're a very um, predictable problem. As in this research, childhood leukemia research showing at a, quite a distance increased rates of childhood leukemia. So you should be very careful with those. Um, and if you live anywhere near, near, you should definitely measure those. Uh, but the local distribution lines running up and down the street, they are attached to all these houses and if any of those houses has an electrical problem where current is not traveling back the way it's supposed to, then the flow of current on the power in the street, that is uneven. And so regardless if it's above ground or underground where the cables would be closer together, you still get a magnetic field and it can be quite strong. Um, also interesting to know, and this is if, you, if you're ever looking at moving house, as in buying something, you wanna keep these little rules in your head that if you have one line going through the street, right, or as you know, all of us do, right, you have one line going through the street, okay, you would like that to be on the other side of the street, not, not your side, which you know, would be a good start. Not saying that all houses with power on that side of the street are necessarily affected, but it is nicer if it's on the other side of the street. If you're near a street corner, though, right, then you've got one line coming past this way, and then you've got another one tucking in the street next to you, now you have one field here and you've got another field there. So that magnetic field will drop off far more slower through a corner property than if it's on a straight line. So corner properties you've got to be really careful with, which fascinates me on a different level because I, you know, I work with some uh, feng shui masters and that sort of stuff and um, not really my area of expertise, but corner properties apparently in feng shui are also a no-no. So I just find it's awesome that that seems to correlate um so magnetic fields the local distribution lines nobody thinks about and they're often more of a problem than the big transmission lines as in they're always a problem and they're predictable but the ones running up and down your street they're very common a problem so if you're i mean if you're looking to move house you must measure this because that is the one type of radiation that we can't help you with either Right, and it's, you, know, you kind of signed up for a for a melon of a house. Um, 
and you know, if you are in a house and you have health issues, I mean, you know, you should be measuring magnetic fields anyway. But there's a you know a lot more to the story as we're trying to explain. So the wiring in your house has voltage in it, right? So even if you turn things off and you're not using one cent of electricity, you still have voltage available everywhere, and so that emits an electric field. You know, 50 hertz, 60 hertz, 50, 60 times per second, depending on where you live in the world. Um, and then we, of course, park our mattress against the against the wall, right? So we're exactly in that field. Um, you know, goodness, you might have a mattress metal in it that would make it even worse. Um, and so the bedroom is 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 a hive where all this sort of stuff comes together. You get problems with the wiring from the wall, which I would say 95% of bedrooms have that problem. Um, magnetic fields not that common, but if it's there, it's most likely coming from the street. Um, sleeping with your head against the meter box is a bad idea because that's where the cables are also separated and therefore you get more of a magnetic field. So if you have a master bedroom and you have two walls to choose from with your bed head, right, move it to the other side. It's always a good idea. But you have wiring everywhere anyway, so that is something that you, you're just not going to be able to assess yourself well. I mean, it's, you experience, you know, it's, it's quite a process. You know, first you sort of look everywhere and you can see that there's voltage everywhere. You see what the effects are on the body. Uh, and then you go and together with a consultant, you go and assess which electrical circuits contribute to this exposure. And it's almost always a surprise, as in it is never one circuit. It is often two or more, right? It could be that your, I don't know, your oven circuit tracks past your bedroom or something. That affects you while you sleep. Um, so yeah, you investigate that and then and you, uh, you work that out. And then with the radio frequency radiation, um, that's pretty straightforward. We ask people to lie in the bed. The person measuring makes themselves small, so they're not in the way of any radiation getting to that person lying in the bed, right? Because you wouldn't be there at night. Um, and then you measure the body to see what the body is absorbing. And then you get indication in terms of you know, levels, if that's a burden uh, or not. And then you know, whether or not shielding would be indicated. Now, um, I don't know, I hope you don't mind relating to the assessment that we did at your place uh, that time ago um, that, you know, we investigated. And I think from memory, I think there were two electrical circuits that when they were off, problem was fixed in all the bedrooms. And um, I know your your dad, uh, I, I think, you know, your, your, the, the, the kids in the house were a little bit skeptical as in like, mm, really? Um, would this make an effect? And so your dad said, because your mum related this story to me later, um, and then your dad said, well, you know what? I'm going to do a test. Every night I'm going to go to the circuit breaker panel because it's outside, and I'll turn the circuits off, or maybe I'll leave them on. I don't know, right? And then you guys tell me in the morning how you slept, and then I'll tell you if the circuits were on or if they were off that night. Um, and, um, you know, it's, I think you guys experienced that, you know, you did sleep better on the nights when the circuits were off, but your mum commented to me that, you know, often at night she would have to get up, you know, maybe four or five in the morning or something, need to go to the bathroom. And then when she comes back to bed, she could never get back to sleep. And she notices, noticed when the circuits were off on those nights, she was able to get back to sleep. So it's it's really cool to see little sort of anecdotal, you know, uh, experiences like that, because it's often very you know, it's, it's not like you mitigate this stuff and it, it just all of a sudden is like, wow, you feel like Superman or Superwoman, right? It, it's it's your environment has changed. And now it's up to your body to start that repair process more optimally and, and start recovering health. Um, and so it's great when somebody has an experience like that where they can actually feel something straight away. But you certainly don't have to feel something like that. We hear a lot of people that might say, 
you know, when you go camping, and, and, you know, you, 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 this away from it all feeling, that's what I now get in my bedroom. You know, that sort of nice feeling. So it's, yeah, anyway, it's really, uh, really cool when it all, uh, when it all works. With the, the bedroom, as you, you were asking me to elaborate on, sleep is the time when your body does the resting and the regenerating, right? We sort of, we, we wear during the day and at night, all the pathways, everything changes and we go into maintenance mode and repair mode. And that only really happens at night. We know this intuitively as well, because when you're sick, when you have a virus, where do you want to go? You want to go and have a nap, right? You want to go to bed and you'll feel a bit better when you wake up. It makes perfect sense that optimizing the sleeping environment would support any improvement to health, either by yourself or any other modalities, any complementary health practitioners, or even what the doctor's trying to do with you, making that bedroom perfect or as much perfect as possible that would have to lighten the burden of what your body's trying to, you know, sort of you know, operate you know, through. Um, I often sort of paint a picture for people that you, you, your body has a uh, trying to maintain balance. It's called homeostasis. It's a very pretty word for it. And so, let's say in perfect scenario, your your body is here. Your perfect health. And then you do things to yourself. You know, you're exposed to radiation and, and, and you eat bad food and stuff in your food and the stuff you breathe and what you drink, all this rubbish, right? And our body's amazing. It just keeps compensating, right? But your health is moving away from this perfect picture of health and you're moving further away, but your body is still maintaining homeostasis. There comes a point where your body can no longer maintain homeostasis. And that's where a symptom occurs. That's what a symptom is. A signal that the body can no longer maintain homeostasis. So, if, for example, if a smart meter was put on your to your house, or you know, or a new telecommunication system was installed in your neighborhood, right? Doesn't need to be instantly, but if it starts burdening you and moving you further away from that ideal health point, again, there comes a point where you get symptoms. When the the smart meters were introduced, I mean, you know, over here we had a political party formed to try and reverse the installation of these things, right? And all to no avail, but um, if a smart meter was put on your house and that produced symptoms, smart meter, I mean, they're bad. We shouldn't have them, but they're not actually that powerful. A baby monitor is worse, right? And so, you know, if, if that gives you a symptom to us, that would indicate that there's so much else going on into the, in that bedroom for a smart meter to put, push you over the edge. So, yes, you should deal with that thing, but you shouldn't deal with it in isolation. You should... You know, learn about the whole picture. But yeah, sleep is is perfect. You know, we deal with people, we shield their entire houses, and it's great and wonderful. Um, but the bedrooms are most important. So if there's budget restraints, you do the bedrooms only. Or if there's still budget restraints, you do the bedrooms of the people that have health issues instead of, you know, people trying to prevent them. Prevent them. Liking what you've heard so far? Make sure you don't miss an episode by clicking subscribe. We really appreciate all your support. Now let's get back to the show. I think what was really interesting we found out from you as well was things like the geopathic stress lines because I think some of the beds had those lines going through them and it was yeah interesting that that's another thing that people don't usually consider that can have an effect on sleep and also the other thing was the solar systems we would have never thought about that as well yeah yeah it's one of those sad things as in it's great for our environment but not necessarily good for us um, you know, sometimes we're at like sustainability expos and that sort of stuff. And you almost feel a little bit bad. You know, everybody's trying to do the right thing. We're sort of like, mm, you don't want to do so large. 
Um, we are electrical beings, right? And, and we just don't mix with electricity. DC, we can deal with, okay, but alternating current is, doesn't exist in nature. Your body doesn't know what to do with it. Um, so, so that is a problem in itself. And then the, the panels can produce magnetic fields. The, the inverters could produce magnetic fields. They can produce dirty electricity, which is noise sitting on your wiring, which then makes your wires maybe you know, admit another type of radiation. Um, so, yeah, it's, sometimes you can be lucky, though. They're not all systems are bad, but it's so hard to sort of, you know, know what you're going to get when you when you sign that you buy one of these systems because, you know, the hardware just changes all the time. So it's, yeah, it's tricky. But at, at least the good news is with them that at night, nothing happens. So, you know, if you're mostly not in the house during the day, then it wouldn't matter so much. But, you know, if somebody is at home or you work from home, I, I have met enough people that, you know, they said, well, my, my health wasn't doing great. And then I got solar and it destroyed me. Um, so, yeah, real, real sad. Yeah. And the ironic thing is you put it, if you were going to put it somewhere, you would probably put it on the bedroom, you said, because <laughs> it doesn't operate at night. Yeah. Well, you know, they typically put it, you know, to get the best angle with, uh, you know, with obviously where the, where the sun is. Ironically, you would rather have them on the bedroom than on your home office or your, your lounge room because at night, well, unless you're a shift worker, at night you'd be sleeping and the sun would be gone. But yeah, garage would be a much, much better spot to put them or if you've got the space, put them on, you know, on, on, on framing in the backyard or something. Mm, definitely. Um, would you be, because I think that was one of the other ones that we didn't really cover for people that don't know, what are the geographic stress lines and how, again, could they impact us? Yeah. So in Germany, Austria, Switzerland, um, they're uh, aware of geopathic stress, which is excesses of natural radiation. Uh, this sounds a bit airy-fairy to, you know, other countries like Australia and North America. Um most cultures know that it's, for example, not good to sleep over underground water. Uh, as it turns out, the water is actually innocent, but water, groundwater, drags trace elements with it. A little bit of, bit, bit of zinc, a piece of copper, they bump into each other and they react with each other. A little bit like, you know, when you, when you, when you buy a bar of chocolate and, and you, you know, there's a piece of aluminium left on there. And if you have an amalgam filling and they touch each other, you get this horrible sort of nine volt battery feeling in your mouth right and it's exactly what happens electricity is being created and so the same thing can happen with water and with soil where you have different metals and minerals opposite of one another and you have a lot of that in in sort of mountainous terrain so in austria switzerland we get quite a lot of it um, you know, new zealand gets a fair bit uh, melbourne's you know a little bit more more clay soil but um, there's different geopathic stresses and there's typically, you know, uh, something everywhere, but you know, that also can be uh, can be dealt with. And that's actually what we started with in the very beginning. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, things that we never would have thought would have that sort of electricity, you know, like water underground. It's another thing to consider as well. Can you touch briefly as well about how we would mitigate these things, but also specifically with sleep, with the mattress, the bed? Like, How can we mitigate these different types of frequencies? Yeah, okay, cool. All right, so we only deal with verifiable solutions. So when it comes to electronic pollution, you know, I explained those different radiation types that can cause us grief. So the electrical wiring, we need to identify which electrical circuits are causing this exposure on the body and then basically they need to be off at night now you can do this manually but if there was an emergency then nothing would work until you realize that in your panic that you need to make your way back to the circuit breaker panel so we have um, switches that monitor the flow of electricity on an electrical circuit when there's no flow of electricity as in you've gotten into habit of turning things off then it temporarily removes the power on that circuit all the way back in the circuit breaker panel. 
And so the entire circuit is dead, but there's a clever way how it monitors if you're trying to flick something on. And when you do, it restores it as the power comes back in as if it was there all along. Um, but by doing that, and that's you know, what we did in your, your parents' house, um, when you turn the um, appropriate things off on those circuits, the power gets cut. And it's kind of cute. It comes with a little light. You just stick into a PowerPoint, and it glows as long as there's power. And when the power gets cut, then that light goes off. So you know you, 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 you the power has been removed. So that's one thing. Then when it comes to magnetic field, there's not an awful lot you can do. As in, if it's internal wiring that's causing the issue, which is not that common, but if it is, then an electrician would get involved and would try and trace where this fault was done in the wiring. Um, there's also, which is just, when you first hear about it, it's fascinating. I know we're a bit pressed for time. Um, you, your house is grounded, right? And so your power that you use is supposed to leave your house via the neutral cable. But if this neutral cable is compromised, uh, you know, the connection is, is high resistance or is completely severed, you would think that your house wouldn't work, right? If you, if you disconnect one terminal from your battery, then you know, it doesn't work anymore. But your house still works because your neutral is connected to ground. So the, the current that you're using can leave your house through the dirt or worse yet to a metal water pipe that your house must be, might be grounded to. And so the current can leave the, come in one way and leave another way, which gives your house a lot of magnetic field. But where it now gets really weird and twisted is that that current wants to go home, right? It wants to go back to the local distribution lines and the power station. And so let's say if it went onto the water pipes, and your house is next door to these people that have this fault. This current can travel on the water pipes to your water pipes that your house is grounded to, and therefore your neutral is connected to that ground. And so their current can travel through your house back onto the local distribution lines and back to the power station, right? So there's nothing wrong with your house, but you've just gained all the current from your neighbor or probably spread around the neighbor a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. You're getting all this extra current, so you've got masses of magnetic fields, you know, where that current travels. And you know, if you've got a Gauss meter, and, and it's good to have a Gauss meter in the family to measure magnetic fields, but but buy something that's 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 reasonable. You know, spend around three hundred dollars or so, and, and you, know, you get something nice. Um, and then it blows you away when you got one of these meters. You turn your master switch off, as in you're not using any sense of electricity, and the magnetic field stays. And you're like, what the heck? How can that be? I'm not using any power. I've disconnected it. It's still going because that current will still travel through because your neutral and your ground are still connected. So anyway, that, that's rare, but it does, that does happen. Um, so that's magnetic fields. And then radio frequency radiation, you can shield, which is relatively easy. We developed, we invented a, um, a shielding paint called T98. Um, you can apply that yourself. And the idea is basically that you create a box. So you, you do the walls, you do the ceiling. And if you're not on ground floor, as in your bedroom is up on the first level, second level, then you should do the floor as well. But you don't typically use paint for that. Anyway, so you create that box and it basically reduces by a large extent this radio frequency radiation trying to get into your bedroom. Uh, now, the creation of the shielding paint, how effective it is, um, is very different per product. And, and sadly, test reports lend themselves really well to sort of be misinterpreted by people. And, and marketing often takes advantage of that. So bad, poor products look a lot better than they actually are. Um, anyway, so you, you want high performance product and you want a designed around a holistic approach so it doesn't have the ingredients in it that really shouldn't be in there, right? And so with us, you've got all that covered because we work with patients, right? We, it needs to work long-term. Um, and so 
that works really well. What you don't want to do is shield one wall in a bedroom. So, for example, if you have a smart meter on your bedroom wall, you don't want to shield the one wall because the, the, the shielding works on both sides. You'll be bouncing away the smart meter, which is great. Or if you've got a big phone tower on that side of your bedroom that you're thinking to shield against, you'll bounce that back. But it also reflects whatever comes from this side of the wall. So the 52 smart meters and the rest of the street and those three mobile phone towers that are a bit further away, they're still getting into your bedroom, but they're now also being in, reflected in the wall that you've created. And so you get them twice. So you might get a reduction, but you'd, you'd hardly you know, produce what we would say is a, is a health sort of supportive bedroom. So, you know, goodness, while, while you're painting one wall anyway, just, you know, just do it properly and, and, and do the room. Uh, we did do a, a very cool test recently. It's uh, we're about to sort of put an article on our on our website um, that we often do these tests, and we're always trying to do the right thing. And we're always always we get under fire from other people and other countries and that sort of stuff. And so recently we did a test, and instead of testing us making the test samples, which normally you would do very meticulously if you're trying to improve your product. You know, we always wondered, like, what if you guys put it on the wall? Would you get the same shielding as when we meticulously prepare these panels? And so we had, I think, 16 families that were shielding their bedrooms that month. We gave them boards, test boards, and asked them to paint them along with their room as they were painting. And we had those tested by the um, Professor Pauli in the German Armed Forces uh, facility in uh, Munich under the supervision of the manufacturer of the test equipment. I mean, I mean, how much, and, sorry, and it was videoed by a police officer, as in, like, like, how much more, you know, we're trying, we're always doing it right, but here, see, we're, we're not trying to, this stuff is that good. Um, and so anyway, so test came out brilliant. People were getting fantastic results. Also on the frequencies, you know, the tower to cell phone, um, signal of 5G, you know, excellent uh, performance. So you never, it's never 100% blocked. Stuff always gets through, but you want that body absorption. You want that level to get as low as possible. And to do that, you need, you know, high, high performance. All right, so that's sort of the, the electronic pollution story. Um, and then um, yeah, the mattresses come into that as well. We did a lot of um, testing with our patients on investigation of mattresses. There's a lot of things wrong with mattresses. They can, many of them contain metal, most of them are made with chemical propellants, and then you know, there's toxins in the mattress, which doesn't help you either. Most of them don't breathe. You can test that yourself. You can just put your mouth on your mattress and try and exhale a breath of air into it. Should be easy, but it's not, normally it's not. And your skin is your second breathing organ, so you know that doesn't doesn't help you. Um, most mattresses are not anti-static, so they work up a static charge, or statically are out of whack. You know all these things wrong with it. Covers you can't take off and wash. Um, and so we started 25 years or so, we started making our own toxin-free mattresses, but that might be a different different sort of topic. Um, and then with the geopathic stress, we have mats that go underneath the bed that disperse that natural energy outwards, which, again, you can verify, um, which we normally demonstrate with, uh, with the people while we're there. Um, and in you know, new building houses, you can incorporate all these things from the ground up, and it's, it's brilliant because it's just so 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 easy to do because the labor is there already they're already painting they're already putting things on the frame and and you, know, you can easily do it then so it's a big passion of mine 
I guess this, again, I guess Giovanni is such a holistic approach is why we resonate so much with it. It's not just looking at one area. It's, it is such an encompassing approach. So we could go down a lot more rabbit holes, but, um, mm. just for, um, time constraints as well. There's, uh, if people wanted to find out more, like if people, this is quite interesting for a lot of people and maybe very new for people to hear this. If they wanted to find out more about yourself, um, Giovanni, where, where's the best place to send them to? Okay, um, I have a podcast channel that you can listen to me explain this stuff in a lot more detail. It's called Health Stronghold, so you can find that on iTunes and all the usual places. Then there's the GeoVital website, so that's at en.geovital.com, so you can get information there. And then my podcast channel um, has a website, Health Stronghold as well, uh, .com, and so you get a lot of the information there. There's a lot of consultants listed on there as well. Um and uh, anyway, we'll supply a link to get you to the right uh, the right place uh, with with this video for people to uh, to have a look at. Uh, we also have a, a list with sort of you know research in this area. So you know, I mean, you know, don't take our word for it, but you know, have a look at the incredible amount of research in this area. There's about twenty thousand peer reviewed research studies on this subject, as in electronic pollution. And the majority of those uh, indicate harm. So, yeah, yeah it wouldn't take you know, any doctor, if they took the time to look at it, they would have to come to the conclusion, we have a problem here. And it's just getting worse. You know, we've got 5G on our doorstep, but, you know, we've already had enough stories or research showing that 3G and 4G was already enough of a nightmare. So we're just getting more now. Is there one thing you could give people to, I guess, start to do today and to start implementing or looking into? Yeah, great idea. So cell phones, let's talk about that, right? Uh, cell phone distance is your friend, right? Don't stick that thing on your head. There's a good chance in the terms and conditions of your phone actually says don't put this thing against your body. It doesn't say on your head on a call. It says don't put it on your body. Don't put it in your pocket. Don't put it in your back pocket. Don't, you know, don't put it on your body. Distance is your friend. So, you know, if you met somebody in the bus, you wouldn't start whispering, right? You just have a conversation. So just just use speakerphone, right? You can turn the volume down and you can just talk. Just keep it in your hand and you know, keep it at a distance. If you're at home in the office, just put it on your desk and try not to even touch it, right? Because if your hand's still touching, it's also no good. So um, that's good protocol with um, with phones. Having said that, they're all bad, right? If you don't want the phone to affect you, don't have one. Right. Um, all right. So the phone, a lot of people use them as alarm clocks at night. That is fine, but they should be on flight mode. And when you put on flight mode, you should check that Bluetooth and um, Wi-Fi is indeed gone off. Because if you've gone on a plane and you've mucked around with those settings, as in you've put it on flight mode, but then you turn Wi-Fi back on, your phone then thinks, oh, that's what you want when you do flight mode. So it doesn't turn that off anymore. So check that. Put on the bedside table, not under your pillow. That's still too close because it's still a battery-operated device. And interestingly enough, a little while ago, I was on, on hold with the, the CFA, the Country Fire Authority, and their hold message was how many house fires they're going through because of cell phones in people's bedrooms. So it's just like, wow, that's scary. All right, that cell phones... Energy saver light bulbs, you want to move away from the, you know, the incandescent, twisty-turny um, uh, energy saver light bulb family because they produce a lot of radiation and dirty electricity. Um, Non-dimmable LEDs are the best ones in the energy saver family. Um, but the old-fashioned light bulbs, they're the best ones, if you can still get those. And then 
Um, maybe another thing is to just realize that your house has problems and there's lots of things that you can do yourself, but the biggest, most important area is your bedroom and you're going to need some assistance with that. Um, so by all means, buy a decent quality, uh, Gauss meter. We've got some of those available. Um, and then, you know, especially magnetic fields is important to measure, but as it's an amateur meter, you inevitably have a meter that measures the air for radio frequency radiation and a body assessment may very well tell a different tale. So if you're serious about maintaining health, preventing health issues, or, you know, dealing with some chronic health issues that have been bothering you, that bedroom is that sleep. That's base level. That should be right. Anything else you do is supported by having that healthy bedroom. And so it's worthwhile getting that getting that checked out so you know exactly what's going on. Yeah, we 100% agree. And it's funny, we've actually checked our phones or I checked it with a tri-field meter. And it's so true about the distance. Like, you know, when you're right on top of it, it just goes off like crazy, especially with like the magnetic field and everything. Yeah. And you've got to know your numbers, right? Like with the new tri-field meter, because I have this discussion with people all the time. It measures in milliwatts, right? So it's 1.000 milliwatts. And then people think when it says 0.05 or something, they think, oh, nice low number, must be fine. But it's not. If it's 0.01, that's where severe exposure begins. You've got to know what the the numbers are. I, I, I have an online class that people can do as amateurs. It's about three and a half hours worth of content teaching you about radiation from an amateur level. And it can show you the use of specific amateur meters. I have to actually use and walk around with them. Um, I'll, I'll give you guys a link to uh, to put on this podcast as well so people can have a look if they like. Sounds really good. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Any final thoughts at all? Um, 5G, I mean, before we started, we sort of t- touched about that. 5G is just more of the same bad stuff that we were exposed to. It uses higher frequencies, so it's, uh, arguably more damaging to the finer organs like brain and eye, those sorts of things. It has less penetrating power. Um, that's why they're going to have to install more and more towers. You know, more countries are boasting about the fact, oh, we'll have a transmitter on every second street pole, as if it was a good thing. Multiple connections to the same phone, as in for multiple antennas to, to get you a good signal and, and good data. Uh, I think it's a good idea to not use that on your phone, even if you have the ability to. Um, and, um, yeah, just, no matter where you live, again, it, it's important to measure that and just to make sure that your bedroom, which you have control over, that that's, you know, that, that's where you can do things about it. And luckily that is the time of the 24 hours per day that matter the most. So it's quite hopeful. Awesome. Thanks, Patrick. You really appreciate that. And we'll make sure we direct everyone to Joe Vidal and Health Stronghold in our show notes as well. So thanks for having us. Um, thanks for having on here. So I appreciate that. Thank you for taking the time to be here. If you've enjoyed the show, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing it with others, which will help us bring you more episodes like this. And if you'd like to learn more about us or what's been mentioned, head over to liveholistically.com.au forward slash podcast for all the show notes or find us on Instagram at liveholisticallyau. Until next week, be well and take care.